The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. This past week, I watched a video uh, that was done by Sister Joan Chittister. And some of you probably know her by the works that she has written uh, having to do with Benedictine spirituality. She is uh, known throughout the church in the West for her wonderful understanding of how to live a Benedictine life. Uh, She was uh, telling in this video about her time years ago when she was involved in the preparation and formation of new members of their religious community. And as you know, prayer is at the heart of what it is to be a monk. And she talked about the fact that they're called to prayer all through the day, usually called to prayer with a bell. Well, she recalled one particular time when she met with a group of novices and was uh, inquiring of them why they came to prayer. And she got some interesting answers. She said some of them were just too pietistic. And others had a theology that comes only out of books. That's not Sister Joan. So this is how the conversation went with the novices. Why do you come to prayer, she asked. Prayer leads us closer to perfection, one of the sisters said. No, Joan said, that's not why we go to prayer. We go to prayer to immerse ourselves in God, another offered. No, said Sister Joan, we're always immersing God, but that's not why we go to prayer. I think we go to prayer to remember God, another one said. We seek that awareness, Sister Joan said, but it's not why we go to prayer. Well, there were a few other quick answers, and then the responses became more tentative. And finally, one of the sisters dared to ask Sister Joan, why do we go to prayer? And she said, because the bell rings. (laughs) Now, that seems uh, sort of offhand and not very deep. But as I listened to her talk about that, I realize that a lot of things about the spiritual life are just that simple. We do them because we just do them. We often are either responding to something we've committed ourselves to in our spiritual life, 
or it's because we understand it to be a command from God and we respond to it. We may not feel like it, but we respond to it. I think the passage that we have from Isaiah this morning is a continuation of that idea. In it, we hear God command comfort. Oh, comfort my people. You'll recall that Judah had been uh, uh, had been conquered in uh, the year 587 BCE and they were taken into exile in Babylon. In fact, it was they didn't take everybody, but they took the ones who were the leaders and the ones who were most influential. So there were still people left in Jerusalem and, and the other cities of Judah. But there were also those leaders who were over in Babylon. The way that they understood what had happened to them, they believed God was punishing them for their faithlessness. Now, it's important, I think, for us to remember that all through Scripture, we have an unfolding of of humankind's understanding of God and of how God interacts with us. And their understanding was that what had happened was punishment because they had not been faithful. They had not been steadfast. And in today's text, the prophet is declaring that that punishment is over. It is finished. And God has something much different for them in the future. Now, I'm going to do something this morning that I don't usually do in a sermon. No, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise hands. (laughs) But I'm going to do a text study and a little bit of a word study. Uh, You'll notice that uh, what we have in this text from Isaiah is a dialogue. It's a dialogue between the prophet and God. And you also need to remember that the original Hebrew has no punctuation. Now, we we read the Hebrew scriptures and we see all the punctuation that's in there. We sort of take it for granted. But when they read it, there was no punctuation. Now, there are some scholars who don't particularly uh, agree with the interpretation that that punctuation we have in the Revised Standard Version uh, gives us. So I'm going to offer a slightly different uh, interpretation that results from a change in punctuation. We begin where the voice says to God, says to the prophet, that is God saying to the prophet, cry out. Now, that word for cry out means to proclaim, to preach. God is telling the prophet, preach. And then it goes on and the prophet says, what shall I preach? What shall I cry? And the scholars suggest that the prophet continues to speak after that is said. All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. And then God responds. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. One might paraphrase this by saying that God tells the prophet, preach. And the prophet says, what should I preach to these awful people? And the word, by the way, for constancy there is the Hebrew word hesed. I can't pronounce it well. It comes from the back of the throat, hesed. 
And hesed means steadfastness, loving kindness. Constancy doesn't quite catch that. And it really means much more than that. It's a very nuanced word. But it means, in a sense, this faithful steadfastness that we're called to as God's people. The prophet knew that the people were not faithful. He knew that they did not have hesed. I think it's also possible that the people knew that they didn't have hesed. I think they perhaps thought they were not worthy. But God commands the prophet to declare to them comfort. And not only that, he declares that even the people, the people of Jerusalem, the people of Judah should declare comfort, should preach, in other words, to one another and declare, here is your God. In this passage, I think we have this wonderful, wonderful image of how God reaches out to God's people. Not because they are worthy, but because they are God's people. And it goes on, of course, and talks about how the valleys will be raised up and the mountains will be made low and the path will be made straight through the wilderness. Not God coming on a path that goes through towns and villages and cities as a conqueror would come, but as one who is coming to the people in the wilderness where it's very hard for humanity to survive and to live well. God is coming to those who are in need. God sees their need and reaches out. And God says that God will be a shepherd to his people. Well, as we are in this Advent season, I think it's important for us to hear that God wants to comfort us as well. And perhaps you, like myself, from time to time, don't feel that you're worthy of God's love. Don't believe that God could possibly love you unconditionally because you are one of God's. But that's the reality of Scripture. That's what the Scripture tells us. But it's not just about us receiving God's love because we've received so completely, so fully, so unconditionally. We've even received from the one who is the only son of God, Jesus the Christ, coming among us and living as one of us. But it's not just for us to receive. It's for us to carry God's love to others, especially to the stranger, to the one in need. And we could hear that command from God, comfort, comfort my people. And who are my people? They are all the peoples of the earth. All are in need of my love. All are in need of your extension of God's love. So this Advent season, we have a wonderful opportunity, I think, to welcome that love of God into our lives, but then to do something with it and to reach out to others. This morning at announcement time, uh, you will be introduced to members of the faculty of the Marinundo School in Rwanda. And it's a wonderful story. I don't have time in this sermon to tell it, but I will say simply this. This is a new school in Rwanda that is there because of some women in Newton who decided they could do something. And then our own Birch Ford became connected with the school. And through Birch, the uh, Beijing circle and the members of that circle started to understand what was happening in that wonderful place. 
and soon saw that that was a possibility for us for international outreach. And so now we're in the process of forging a relationship with that school. It provides quality education to girls who are uh, middle school age and to children that otherwise would not have a quality education. And quality it is. They've just graduated their first class, and when they took the national exams in Rwanda, their school ranked third among all of the schools. And among the girls' schools, it ranked first. And this is a school that's only been open for three or four years. So we are blessed to have that. I think it's an opportunity for us to reach out beyond ourselves, to learn something about others who are in a very different situation. But most of all, to join the work of God in that place, because God is present there, changing lives with love extended by the faculty, teachers and all of those who support those children. And it's making a difference in their lives that will change their lives forever. Outreach is very important because it's a way for us to respond to that command of God to show God's love to the world around us. So Sister Joan asked the novices, why do we come to prayer? And she says, because the bell rings. And we might ask, why do we engage in outreach, even outreach that goes way beyond our borders? And we say, because God commanded it, comfort, comfort my people. Amen.